You're listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. Worship with us on Sundays in Kansas City, or join us in June for our youth and young adult conference called Bold. Hey, um, we are in a series uh, in John 17, and we've come out of this season, um, this summer, where we've really focused on serving and, and trying to do ministry and serve our city and serve young people and and then right now we're in the season where I'm really inviting us to pray. And I'm asking you to take this little season between summertime kind of concluding and heading into a small group semester to just really, my, my dream is that you would get extra close to God, that you would spend extra time focusing in on what God is calling you to be, but mostly that you would develop a relationship with him. And so that's why we're doing this series here in John 17. It's, it's just this little season uh, before we go into the fall, which I really believe uh, and am walking in faith and asking God that we would continue to see people come to know Jesus. And that's really the big theme of the fall is just, I'm asking Jesus that he would woo people in. And so we're praying them hungry and thirsty and we're asking God that people who are far from Jesus would come to get to know him as their savior and Lord. And so anyway, that's why we're in this series in John 17. And we called it United uh, because Jesus prays for unity. And so... Uh, we, we looked last week at verse four, and it was really this idea where Jesus says, I, I have finished, I brought you glory by finishing the work you gave me to do. And so last week we talked about <laughs> making that prayer our prayer. And the reality is, is that if you've said yes to Jesus, he's got work that he's called you to do. He's got something for you to put your hand to, to make a difference. And we just talked about turning that prayer that Jesus prayed and making it our prayer. And today I want us to look at verse 20, and this is really the, this is kind of the, the way we titled the series is because of this week um, here in verse 20 about being united. And I want to talk today about unity and, and, and just read Jesus' words right here, all right? So let's read this, then I'm going to pray, and then we're going to talk about it. All right, verse 20 says this, Jesus praying to the Father, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also, when he says that, my prayer is not for them alone, he's speaking of his disciples. So he's just finished a segment where he prays for his disciples. So at the very beginning of the text, he's praying about himself and where he's at. He's about to embrace the cross and he's talking about his glory before the foundations of the world. And then he goes in in verse six and he prays for his disciples. And now we're going into this moment where he's praying for us. All right, so here we go. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, which is us, all right? We're ones who believe in Jesus. The apostles proclaimed it, all right? Verse 21, that all of them, this is, I mean, each one of these phrases we could spend a whole week on, but all of them may be one. That's the big idea. That's us. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us, in relationship with us, so that, that's a big phrase, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given, you, I have given them the glory that you gave me and they, that, that they may be one as we are one. So much in this, this is rich. I and them, you and me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Last phrase, then the world will know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Whew, there's a lot there. All right, let's dive into it. Father, we love you today. 
I thank you for Radiant Church. I thank you for every man and every woman. I thank you for every young person that's here. I thank you, Lord, that there are people in this room that have been following you for decades and they're, they're, they're faithful saints and reading this text causes them to just kind of come alive because they've been praying this for years. And God, I thank you for those in this room that are new today and maybe they're just, they just stumbled in and they just walked in, saw the sign and came in today and they're curious as to what it even means to be a follower of Jesus and what is that all about? And God, all of us today, we take this brief text, we take this prayer of Jesus and we ask, Lord, that you would help us to grow we pray, Lord God, that it would come alive in our hearts and that the prayer of Jesus would come alive in our hearts. Lord, we pray that we would be a people of prayer. I ask that this church would be a praying church, God. I pray, Lord Jesus, that we would love to gather together and to contend in prayer, to seek your face. May it mark us as a people. We honor you and we love you. And Radiant said, amen. That wasn't good enough. Amen. All right, there you go. All right, good to see you. Come on, wake up, drink another cold brew. Here we go. Um, so years ago, I went to a, a chapel at a Christian college and uh, the speaker was speaking. And the truth is, I, I really don't even remember what he was speaking on, but he was speaking and I at that time wasn't a student uh, and I was just sitting in the crowd. I was just taking in the chapel and uh, it was a speaker that I'd heard of and knew about, and I just wanted to hear him, just wanted to hear what he had to say. And so one of the professors from the Christian college didn't like what the speaker was saying and stood up in the middle of the message and from the back row screamed, how dare you? And all of a sudden, he yelled it again, how dare you? And he started confronting the preacher in the middle of chapel. And how many of you know that was an awkward moment? Yeah. It, I mean, back then we didn't have iPhones, but if ever there was a moment where you just want to start scrolling, like, uh, that was it. Like that was the moment where you just wanted to look away. That was the moment that was extremely awkward. And I just remember the speaker just standing there in a, a, a whole lot of awkwardness, just waiting to hear what he dared do. What was it? And, and I was thinking about that moment because for me personally, honestly, I don't even remember exactly the nature of what the theological fight was about. And I think if you were to ask the students who were in the chapel now over a decade later what the chapel was about, I don't know that many of them could remember the theological fight, but all of them could remember the fight. And I think when we read about Jesus here, Jesus is going to the cross. And just before he goes to the cross, we get... 26 verses in John 17, and he unloads what's in his heart. We get a window into, if you will, kind of the Holy of Holies. I mean, if you can imagine the second person of the Trinity praying to the first, if we were able to kind of veer in and kind of catch what goes on in the conversation between the father and the son, John 17 gives us 26 verses of that content. And one of the verses that's so dynamic one of the ideas that's a bit gripping is that in that moment, Jesus going to the cross, he's just finished praying for his disciples and he shifts his prayer towards you and me. Now it's common for us to think about our desire for Jesus to answer our prayers. But imagine in this text, we have the capacity to be the answer to his prayer. 
And here in John 17, his prayer is that we would be unified, united. I just think that idea in itself is intriguing. Of all the potential buffet of ideas he could have prayed, of all the thought processes and all the things, there is inside of him this desire that we would be united, that we would be unified, that we as a church would be one. And of course, Paul goes on with this theme and and we read about in Paul where he's talking about us as one body and he uses the illustration of like a body has different parts, but they all need each other. We're one body. And Jesus goes into this and I'm I'm just imagining what it's like. I mean, we know that that he's about to go to the cross and he's feeling the burden and he's getting alone with his father and out of the overflow of what he cares about is that we would be united, is that we would be unified. And, and this is not an idea of uniformity that we would all believe exactly the same thing and that we would look the same and all talk the same. And you know, I think when you look at the kingdom of God, without a doubt, you've got people of all different shapes and sizes and You got people that are all wrestling with ideas and methodology, but right at the center of it is that that we would would love each other, that we would be united, that those things that make us different, those things where we wrestle over, that they wouldn't divide us, but that Jesus would be the common bond that unites us. And Jesus here in the text, he's praying, he's coming before his father and he's saying, "This, this is what I'm asking. I'm asking that you, me, believers, the church, the last couple thousand years, that we, would be, that we would be united. And so application for us today is I just want you to ask the question, Lord, how, how can unity grow in me? And in the same way that last week we decided to pray this prayer, God, I wanna finish the work you have for me. I wanna bring you glory by finishing the work. Today, I wanna invite us to pray this prayer. Make us one. And looking, even inventory in my own heart, where am I divided? Where is there not unity? What, God, what can you chisel away in me? God, what, what work can you do in me? What, what, what steps do I need to take? How can I be united with others? How can I be united with what God has for me? And I think about, I think about the church and I think about the times that we've been united. And you know, when you're united, you can do a lot more for the kingdom, right? Like when you look at church history, when the church unites, wow, there's moments of massive, massive stadiums filled with people worshiping. When you think about the church uniting, there's been opportunity to take the gospel home to home. And when you think about the church uniting, there's the opportunity for people to come to know Jesus because they're working together. You can do more together than you can separately. And when you think about the church uniting, even, even the planting of churches, like let's come together, let's work together and see what we can do. I was thinking about this text, even with our own church, we are the fruit of churches uniting. Like seven different churches that I can think of came together and helped fund and just said, hey, Radiant, we believe God wants to do something in Kansas City. And so they just kind of all came together and helped us. And so when they, when they came together and they united for the purpose called Radiant Church, those kind of seven churches kind of put something into motion that we see now as beautiful as we're able to try to 
be a light in our city and reach people and make disciples and pray and, and, and do the different things that God's called us to do. And so I want you to think about, okay, Lord, what, what does it look like for me? God, in my own life, where, where, where is there division? Where, where have I allowed my anger, my frustration to keep me from being united with your church? And I want you just to start to pray because it's hard. I was wrestling with this all week going, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, this is, this is a hard one to apply. Because man, when we're wounded or hurt or divided, it's easy to just build a wall and just say, well, that's done. I am what I am and I'm not gonna allow that wall to come down. But those dividing walls can keep us from fulfilling what God's called us to. And any time that we are united together, we're stronger. And so what walls need to come down? I was thinking about the church throughout history and when there's unity, when they're united in a city, how we're able to reach more of the poor, the marginalized. It's just all through. In fact, even when you think about not just churches coming together, but one body, like what we're able to do is one local church together far outweighs. I mean, it takes, it takes an army to even make Sundays work, right? I got an amen in the back. And so Jesus has this prayer that we would be one. Jesus has this prayer that we would be united. My hope is that we would go, all right, God, when we're united, man, we can, we can fight for the lost to come to know Jesus. When we're united, we can fight for the marginalized to receive care. But may we not fight each other. Because when we fight each other, the people that get impacted are the people that will never hear because we're not united. The people who will never get what Jesus wants to give them, the cup of cold water, the help, because we're not united. And so my hope is that today we would walk out of here with this increased vision for unity. Now you and I would walk out of here with a not, not just a conviction, but that we, it would play out. And honestly, I think it's one of the core things of who we are as a church. One of my dreams, when I began to dream about what God wanted Radiant to be, would be that at the very center, it would be a praying church. That this wouldn't be what a few gifts could come together and make happen. That this wouldn't be just a, a result of our location. That this wouldn't be just another, but this would be something that God could do. This was God's activity. This was God at work. This is Jesus at work and the place where we see it come together is when we come together and we pray this prayer, God, make us one. God, unite me. God, unite me to your church, both our local church and his work on the planet. That's why I love Matthew 16. It's the moment where Jesus says that the gates of hell won't be able to stop the church, but we gotta be together. And so this comes against some of the, hey, I'm, I'm not gonna... I'm not going to do church. I'm good. Just, just Jesus and me. But this is always supposed to be Jesus and we. This is supposed to always be us as one body working together. And my hope today and where I'm going to conclude is that we're going to take a moment and I'm just going to pray that some of the walls come down. I'm gonna just pray that God do surgery on our hearts. There's some people in here that, man, it's, even to talk about it, it's painful because you kind of like being divided. But there's some things God wants to do to bring unity in your heart. And so here's the idea. First idea is this. 
I want you to catch. It's we unite through real relationship. Look at this prayer. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as, just as you are in me and I am in you. That is a huge just as. I mean, I, can't, I don't even know how you preach this. Like I read that and I was jaw dropper, just as. How, so the idea is this, he's saying, <laughs> and when we, read, when we read the scriptures, we know that Jesus from eternity past exists with the Father. We know John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. So when you imagine God the Son existing with God the Father, eternity backwards, that's a long time, everybody. And when, he, when the Father is perfect, Son is perfect, it's easy to really like each other when you spend infinite time together and you're both perfect. Right? Whew. And every married person's like, oh, Lord, Jesus, that would, yeah. And here's Jesus, and he, he's, got, he's always kind of overflowing with how much he likes the Father. He's always talking about his relationship with the Father. And, and truth be told, the father's always proclaiming how much he loves the son. I, I, I love talking about Matthew 3, 17 because it's this, it is the conversation at the baptism moment. It's the conversation where God the father is so delighted in his son that he interrupts human history and audibly declares it. They call it the, the Trinitarian moment, that baptism event. Why? Because we see all three. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And we, as believers, we believe that God is three in one. Not three gods, one God. God in three persons. If you grew up like I did, God in three persons, blessed Trinity. All right, there we go. Yeah, just got some of you back. Some of you just jumped off your phone for the first time. The other half is like, what did he just sing? I have no idea. <laughs> My son, Justice, this week, we were uh, at a church that had altars. My son, Justice, is growing up right here, right? And so um, what he knows of church is, is a middle school. And so we were in a church this week, and uh, I was preaching, and he came with me, and <laughs> he looked at the altar down at the front, and he goes, look, Dad, a bench. <laughs> so anyway, unite us. Make us one. I have no idea what I was talking about. Um, Oh yeah, the baptism event. So you got Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and it is the moment where God the Father speaks over the Son and says, this is my Son whom I love with whom I'm well pleased. It's the moment where the Son is baptized and the Holy Spirit descends on him and we've got the incarnate God, Jesus. We've got God the Father audibly speaking. We've got the Holy Spirit coming on him. And here's the idea, three in one, great relationship perfect relationship and a community, all united, all together. And when Jesus prays for his church, what he prays that we would be like is God, no pressure. I mean, I just read it and I'm like, oh God, we'll need you for that. We need God. And that's the idea. The idea is it takes God. Like, it's not just like, hey, let's just all get along. That's not it. No, 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 no. It's, it's God in me. 
God in you, the Holy Spirit in you, the Holy Spirit in me, and we have one thing that is our common bond, one thing that is stronger than anything that could tear us apart. It's Christ. It's God at work. And man, there is a lot of things that the enemy comes along and wants to destroy that, wants to get you to a place where you develop resentment and bitterness, pain, anger, walls. And I just want us in this season of prayer to not only pray, all right, Father, what's the work that you have for me to do? But God, make us one. My hope is, is that when you think about what, what God can do through a people who are united, it, it, they're unstoppable. I mean, whenever there's, ask any coach. <laughs> I mean, you add God to the mix, God at work inside of hundreds of people, whoo, what we can do together is pretty massive. So God, what do you, what do you want to do? How, how, how can we have real relationship? I want to encourage you this. I beat this drum nearly every week. But I want to invite you to get into real relationship, not to be isolated. I want to invite you to figure out, it could be one of the best places, I think, that the places that we're working so hard to create is these small groups. Because when we're together and we honestly have the love of God in us. I mean, supernatural love, the work of Christ at work inside of us. And we sit together and whether we're feasting or riding a bike or having a conversation about 1 Corinthians or whatever it is, when we have those real relationships, it's that moment where we can be united and not live in isolation. My hope is to have all these little small groups all over the city where you are in real relationship and you can't have intimate relationship with hundreds of people, but you can have intimate, close Christian brotherhood, sisterhood together with some. And when that some gets together, it will multiply. Because whether anytime you get, anytime that you get intimacy, you get relationships really close, it multiplies, right? I mean, when you get, you get that together and God will be at work and you'll start to multiply. And that's how, that's, that's, that's the kingdom way. And so I just want you to kind of even imagine, all right? I want you to even picture yourself as we go into this fall. God, what does this prayer make us one? Make us one. What's, what, how do I become the answer to Jesus' prayer? Like, what are you calling me to do? My goal up here, I'm like a shepherd. All I'm doing is I just take sheep, I point you to the grass, right? It's what God says to you. It's your feeding on the word. It's what God says to you. It's not a declaration for me. It's I, maybe I'm not a shepherd. In today's culture, it would be more like a cheerleader, like, what's up? Like over here, you know, like, boom, let me point to this. Like a male cheerleader right there, just so you know, like the big strong kind. <laughs> but I want you just to kind of capture I'm willing. And in those small groups, it's the moment where you come, take the mask off, open up, take that risk. God is at work inside of you. Holy Spirit exists inside of you. Holy Spirit exists inside of me. Lord, make us one. Unite us. And united. If it's a Bible study small group, it'll multiply. You'll be able to help people know the word of God. Maybe more people come. If you're serving, hey, making a difference for the kingdom, shining the light of Jesus. But united, 
will do more. United, it'll produce. United, God will be at work. So it's that, it's that moment, vulnerable. I was thinking about it this week and I, could, I, was, I was actually writing, typing out this, this message and I was like, yeah, just take the mask off. Like, this is me. Like, like this is, and then of course, you know where I went. I was like, watch out because here I come. You know, it's that, right? It's that, hell yeah, I got my first amen over there. That's, this is me. Not perfect, broken, but vulnerable. Here I am. And that's where I want you to go. I want to, I want to invite you to think, God, make me one. I, 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 I'm not going to just do this in isolation. I'm not going to do this Jesus thing in isolation. I'm going to, I'm going to, I, I want to be the answer to Jesus' prayer. God, unite me. Who do I need to forgive? How do I take that risk again? How do I demonstrate the love of Christ to others again? And step into relationship. All right. I just, I, I think, I think because I think when we think of unity, oftentimes we think we got to agree on everything. But I think unity is based more on love than agreement. Because if you have to agree on everything, it's gonna probably be a long time before you're united. But if it's about love, and I can love before I agree, then I think we can say, here's the thing that we have in common, Jesus. Here's, here's, here's what unites us. All right, look at this. We unite against the enemy. And I just wanted to make this point because this is praying for you and thinking about you and this idea of unity. I was thinking about all the hurt and all the anger. And it's easy to set a message on the back burner. And my hope is that we really live these things. So I was thinking, what, what is the, what's, what's the, what's the hurdle? What, what's gonna cause us from really uniting? And I was thinking about just the anger that we have towards people. Like, so-and-so hurt me, and so I'm just bitter. I'm just angry. I'm not going to be united. And I just wanted to make this point, as simple as it is. You don't have hundreds of enemies. You don't have 10 enemies. You don't, at the core, have five enemies. You have one. One. Like, there is one enemy. The devil. Like, there is one. I wanted to read out of this, Ephesians 6. It says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Hold on a minute. That's... That's people. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, enemy, spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. All right, so my enemy, who's, by the way, 1 Peter 5 8 says he's like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He's trying to take me out. And so when you have that struggle with the spouse that is time to divide, when you have that struggle with the boss, time to divide. When you have that struggle, somebody lets you down, time to divide. I want you to halt, stop, and just say, okay, God, I need supernatural help right here. And where you can, where possible, Lord, all right, make us one. And believing, knowing that the enemy, the enemy is actually the one trying to bring that division. And I know, I know I say that, it seems hyper-simplistic and everybody says, hey, there's so many more variables in the equation. How could we even talk that way? But on a macro level, I just, I, I believe it. On a macro level, you gotta know the enemy wants to get you isolated. The enemy want to get, wants to get you divided. And so if you have the ability to take it back at its root form and come before God and just say, God, make us one. And I don't want any scheme of the enemy 
None. I'm going to fight for unity. I'm not going to fight others. I'm going to fight for unity. I want your will to be done in my life. And the enemy's doing whatever he can to divide churches, the big C church, like all over the world, and to divide local churches. One of the best things we can do is right when you feel that division starting, right when there's that pain, right when there's that anger, pray. Like, get alone. And Jesus prayed that we would be united. What does it look like? And in this room, there are so many different ways, even that your brains are working trying to apply this text. There's lots of different ways, reasons that you go, yeah, but, yeah, but. I just, I'm, I want you to just get along with God and just say, what does this look like, God? If I'm gonna be the answer to your prayer right here, like you prayed, Jesus, that I would be united, how can I live that out, God? What does it look like in my context? I think it looks like loving. I think when, I, I think, I think when we are united and the world sees us love each other in the midst of all of our messed up, pain, broken, hurt, reasons why I should be angry at you or should be divided, that's the moment where they say, wow, what's different about you? Wow. Jesus said that, John 13, they will know you're my disciples by your love. By your love. All right, God come before you help me and unity doesn't come easy guys we disunity comes easy just time in motion there's a reason to get mad at so-and-so there's a reason to get mad at the small group leader there's a reason to get mad at your kid there's a reason to get mad at your spouse there's a reason to get mad at whomever the quest for unity is work it's work but it's central it's central to what, I mean, it's right what Jesus prayed. And I, when, we were, when we were praying about what this church was to be, we put right in, on, on the website and in our cultures, we have 10 different cultural values. And we just put right on there, we unite across the spectrum through Jesus. Like you can divide over so many doctrinal reasons. There's constant reasons to divide. You could divide, I mean, you just look at church history, people, I mean, churches divide over color of carpet. Churches divide over everything. It takes a work of God to keep us united. And so we just put it right in the middle. Like, boom, Lord, help us. Help us to be a church. We unite across the spectrum. May, may disagree on a few different things. May have a different history. May face some things in the current context where we all disagree. But at the core, we want Jesus' prayer to live in our body. Last idea that I'll highlight is this. Third one, we unite, and this is the fun one, for the sake of the world. Look at the so. Look at, look at Jesus. Look at that big so that. Verse 21, so that, verse 21, unite, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Wait, there's a so that. There's a reason. Why? Why do you unite? It's for the sake of the world. It's so that. So that the world would go, Wow. Huh, without Christ, they'd be divided. There's a supernatural activity taking place. He says it again in verse 23. Then the world will know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Then, so that, can you hear it coming out of Jesus? Can you hear this passion coming out of him? So that, so that the world would know. Then the world will know. 
Friends, I'm telling you, as long as we have our eyes on what Jesus has his eyes on, an urgency so that we do it, it's not just for us, it's for, it's for them. It's so that the world would see Christ in his church and go, ah, wow, Christ is really at work. I was thinking of it this way. My son, Justice, often runs away. Not anymore, but he used to. When he was like one and two, he would always just take off running. And so if we're in our yard, Colorado Springs, little tiny yard, and Justice starts running, maybe he's running in circles, and all of a sudden there's a little fight breaking out between he and Dawson, if, if, if Dawson and Justice get into a little squabble, and then Olivia and Adeline, and all four of them are back there, fenced in, starting to squabble, there's this thing in a parent that's like, hey, let's get along, right? And all the parents said, amen, right? You're like, it's more than two claps. It's like, what? <laughs> Lord, save me again. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, it's, and that's got one level of, hey, guys, let's be together. Let's be united. That's got one level of urgency. Take it to another level, right? True story. Castle Rock, Colorado, at the mall, outside shopping mall. <laughs> Justice runs away. If I were to look at my kids and say, <laughs> go find Justice, and they started to fight, well, you go that way, you go this way. I don't want to go that way. I want to go this way. I don't want to go. You, I don't know. There's a hunger for unity in the moment because we need justice to be found. Does that make sense? Here's the idea. Our uniting is not just to get along. Like, let's just stop fighting. Let's just all take our snack. Be all right. No, no, no. It's for the sake of the world. It's, hey, 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 hey. Let's unite. Why? Because if we're divided, justice stays lost. If, if justice is gone and we need to find him, and we're sitting here fighting, we're not reaching him. We're not finding him. And when Jesus prays this, he's got a big so that coming out. Boy, I need him to be united. Father, I pray that they'd be united. God, I want them to be united so that the world may know. Hey, let there be unity. Then the world will know. One of the hallmarks of the church of Jesus Christ is that we would be united. And actually, when we read Revelation, there is a day where we will be united. Seated on the throne, I looked and there is a great multitude that no one can count from every tongue, tribe, and nation. United. Eyes on Jesus. He unites us. Worship. Our dream is to have that on earth. Let's get some of that now. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. And there won't be in heaven a white section and a black section. There won't be an urban section and a suburban section. There won't be a hipster section and a minivan driver section. <laughs> One. One, what unites us? Our hobbies, not so much. Jesus, 
at the very core. You? C.S. Lewis says that. The very center of friendship is you too. You love that as well. You, you, you're interested in that as well. And the very center of us being united is you follow him too. You love him too. And man, we can have all these other things where we are not the same. But that one thing is a bond that makes us close. It's a supernatural strength. And my prayer is as we go into this fall that we be united. Because friends, even though we live in a great American city with a lot of luxuries, we have a city that needs Jesus. And if we'll be united, hey, the way that we pray, the way that we live, the way that we unite, it's not just for our enjoyment and fulfillment of relationships. That's good. But at the end, we have a savior that prayed for the sake of the world, that they might see Jesus in us. If you would like to follow Jesus, we'd like to connect with you on your journey. Email us at follow at radianchurchkc.com. If this ministry has encouraged you, we'd love to hear your story. Email us at mystory at radianchurchkc.com. If you'd like to invest in Radiant Church, please click Give on our website, radianchurchkc.com. Are you a young adult and interested in spending a year in Kansas City at Radiant Church? Check out radiantintensive.com. Thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast.